Welcome to Coworking Out Loud, where we explore the deeper side of coworking, content, and community. I'm your host, Kat Johnson. Hey friends, in this episode of Coworking Out Loud, I'm talking to Liz Elam, who runs Juicy, which is my favorite workspace co-working event in the world. I've been going to Juicy's for many years, and I'm looking forward to going to Chicago in April. So Liz and I are going to dig into community, co-working, the future of co-working, and all the things. Have a listen. Hey, Liz, welcome to Coworking Out Loud. I am thrilled to have you here. Oh, thanks, Kat. It's so awesome to be invited. Thank you for having me. So I was thinking back for some context of when we first connected, and it was at the 2015 Juicy in Berkeley. I was assigned to write about coworking, and you were running around doing all of the juicy things. And we took a few minutes to sit down. And one of the things that you told me, I researched that article, and one of the things you told me was that Liz Elam said she'd like to see more people jump into the pool and do it because there's so much room for growth. And then you said, I want to give them that push into the pool. Yeah. And I'm like, how crazy. Like, look where we are now. That is nuts. That is nuts. Yeah, now it's 2023, and we've pushed a lot of people into the pool. (laughs) So many. There were 3,000 spaces at that time. And now what's the number? Like 40,000? You know, that's the thing that, um, you know, it's actually a really interesting thing to talk about, I think, is, um, but I'm also a data nerd, is um, we don't know. We don't know. And part of it is um, confusion around the new fun real estate term called flexible workspace. Um, Co-working spaces. I don't know. I think we're around probably 25, 30,000. Um, but nobody has a real number because there's a lot of confusion around nomenclature. And also, co working is moving so quickly that there's not really a real number. There's a lot of people taking really good stabs at it. Um, I would think Instant probably has the best data. You know, one of the things I think about a lot is the little operator who quietly opens their doors and doesn't know about all of this, like this, not just the history and the massive community, but how many resources, how many people are here cheering them on and supporting them. They're just like opening a space quietly in their town. Well, and you know, I was kind of one of those people and I went um, and started meeting people in the industry and I met them at South by Southwest And I learned that there was a bigger community. And then I was absolutely blown away that they would like basically give you their business plan, answer all your questions, do whatever, because they had that same mentality of there's room for everybody. And, you know, it's, I've been from the very first juicy to this juicy, I get up on stage every year. And one of the things I repeat over and over again is, um, you can't possibly build them fast enough for the demand coming your way. And that still holds true. And that's from Steve King. It's crazy that that still holds true. And I think that still like the endless growth that, that we're in is still true. Like people can still be generous and collaborative because we're not anywhere near peak co-working. 
Right. And the reason we can be generous and collaborative is because we all believe in community. And that's something that, you know, I've another thing I've been saying for years is you can't buy it. You have to build it and you have to understand it to build it. So, you know, it sets co-working apart. The co of co-working is community. I love that you can't buy it. Like that's where the real stuff comes in. And it's interesting to see how as this now industry just explodes, that a lot of people have great properties, great vision, great amenities, great spaces. Then they open their doors and they're like, now what? Right, what do do right. And the thing is, people will self-select, in my experience, into the spaces that deliver belonging, community, and connection. And again, things you have to build, things you can't buy. And so that's why co-working just continues to thrive and will continue to thrive. Because especially given, you know, off the charts, depression, a loneliness epidemic, suicides off the chart, young girls are particularly at risk, like providing spaces where people feel community and belonging is essential to the future of humanity. I mean, it's so, there's so much there. You and I talk about this a lot, but there's the nice workspace. Like I'm fortunate to be in a nice workspace. I'm proud to bring people here, but the connection piece is the heart and soul of what we're doing. Like I just shared a post this morning that office rental is nothing new. Like this is Mm -hmm. not what we're doing here. That, that deeper piece of just having somebody to say hello to when you're getting coffee or whatever, it it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but those loose connections, I think, are everything. Yeah, and I think it was Harvard Business Review that recently had an article that basically had proven that those, like, micro moments greatly impact people's lives. And and, And just, if you don't believe me, just, like smile really big at a perfect stranger and see what happens. They light up. They can't help it. Yeah. And as I I grabbed some coffee before coming in here to record and one of my fellow members, Kevin was like, Hey, do you have a minute? I want to run something by you. It's like, not right now, but for sure. I want to talk like, and I thought as I was walking in the room, like, I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. If I was working at home, like those little sparks, those little connections, um, and you have a really interesting perspective in co-working. You know everybody, you've got your finger on the data, but you also have a co-working soul. Like, I know that you get this, and it started with your space, but it carries through even as this has grown into just such a mega industry. You're constantly trying to remind people, like, this is what we're doing. How? Tell me about that balance and your perspective on that. You know, I think that the balance is I'm I'm always um, going back to why do I do this? And I do this because I believe that the way that we solve these problems that we're having as far as, you know, mental health and um, depression and all these things and anxiety is by um, connection. 
And I had my own co-working space, which was like my own personal fishbowl. And I went to it every day for over eight years. And I watched it. And I looked at those connections. And I saw people light up when people talked to them. And I saw people that... We had a gentleman come in who was morbidly obese, and he came in because he had a heart event at Macworld. And overnight, he decided to become vegan, and he showed us the video where he threw his microwave into an alley and took a sledgehammer to it. And he <laughs> knew that part of his health journey had to be that he had to be around people. He couldn't work from home anymore. And we watched the weight just fall off of this man, and he became a different person. And we weren't everything in that journey, but we were an important part of that journey. And just seeing like a physical manifestation of what community can do was incredible. And there was another woman who was going through a divorce and having just a rough time. And we were closed on the weekends. And at the time, she had had to downsize her house and she, her own home wasn't her haven. The co-working space was. And she called me up and said, can I, can, can you meet me at link? I need to be in link. And I was like, sure. And I went there and I was like, what's going on? And she's like, my life is falling apart. And this is where I feel together. This is where I feel peace. There isn't clutter here. This is, this is my place. And I just need to be in here for a little while. And I'm like, amazing. I'll leave and let you have your time. Let me know when you're ready. And then we had a lovely chat afterwards. Um, and like, if you can help people in those ways, those little simple things that make a huge difference, then you got to do it. Yeah, not everybody's going to be a joiner and going to all the programming and doing all the things. But we had an elder at Next Space Santa Cruz who would come in and read the paper at the community table. Just Love like that. to come, just be around people. Yeah. It's like, it's such an important part of who we are. And that's a huge takeaway from COVID for me of like, just those connect, just being around humans, getting that mm -hmm. electromagnetic energy is so absolutely vital to who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, balance wise, I think it's just, you know, you have to constantly ask yourself, why am I doing this? Cause it's not easy. It's hard. And, and to me, if you don't have a higher purpose, what are you doing? And so the higher purpose is to be of service to other humans and running a co-working space is for sure being of service. <laughs> for sure. But how do you teach that to the influx of people, some of whom have never heard of co-working from community managers mm -hmm. up to developers who are doing this? How do you teach that piece if you've never experienced it? Well, I think what happens is they falling open their doors to their beautiful workspace and then people don't show up and then they start looking for answers. And that's when they find you and me. Yeah, really. I know. And it's it's hard to hear because you can't like what's the ROI on community? Like, yeah, good luck with that one. I get asked questions like that. Like, what's the ROI on content? What's the ROI on community? It's like mm -hmm. you can't track that. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, we have the that was part of Adam Newman's downfall. You know, he was trying to put a dollar amount on community and you can't. Wall Street sniffed that out real fast. 
Yep. And, you know, we have data on like the data you released years ago now about like 89% of people are happier. It's like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. you walk mm -hmm. in the door and, and the vibe totally changes. But um, yeah, so I think community is not a nice to have at all. I think it's a must have. And Agreed. it's going to be more and more important, not just in terms of human well-being, but in terms of differentiating your brand. If somebody can go to an activated, great space that when they walk in, they feel like they're thriving or an empty kind of post-executive suite, like, where do you think they'll go? You know, and that's not um, something you said earlier. Like, I feel like there's a community for everyone. Some people like the quiet office vibe. And even within mm -hmm. those, I think you need to find ways that go beyond just having coffee to bring people together, to give a, a sense of belonging. Yeah, I mean, people self-select into where they feel most comfortable. And I've always felt like, if someone's definition of community only includes people like them, we're missing the boat, right? Like it has totally. to be, I, I think the more diverse workspaces are in terms of age, demographics, everything, I think the better they are. Because that's where you get these really cool um, little meetings and, and synchronicities. Well, and also design, right? Like I love hearing like some upbeat music. I love the buzz of people talking. There are other people that cannot work in that situation, right? So having spaces that are designed for neurodiversity are really important. Um, and sometimes, you know, I just need to go into a quiet space and get something done. And sometimes I want to listen to EDM and just crank out some stuff and nobody else wants to hear it. So I need to put on my headphones. So, you know, it just, just depends. And I think, you know, one of the things that changed in the pandemic is people were like, we need a choice in where we work and now they need a choice in where they work. Right. So, um, having spaces where people can go heads down when they need to go heads down, be in the thriving cafe setting when they want that or being able to have access to the meeting rooms or the phone booths, which have become a complete hot commodity post COVID are really important because sadly, a lot of us are still going into co-working spaces only to get on zoom calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the best spaces are flexible enough to meet us members where we are, what I need to do for that day, because it's wildly different every day. Like, Today I'm in a meeting room. Earlier this this morning I was at my desk. I may go sit in the community space, but whatever I need is available to me. That is, yeah. I think that's a necessary thing. So I'm stoked to be on the Juicy Stage this year, and the lineup is just absolute fire. fire. It's going to be bonkers. So tell me what you're looking forward to. Tell me what you're expecting. Where are you in Stormy in the in the development stage? <laughs> well, we just absolutely got through this just mad dash of signing up over 43 speakers. Um, it is a powerhouse lineup this year, um, kind of more than ever. I was really excited for Jamie Hudari to come speak, and he's talking about kind of the power of co-working, and I love that. 
And um, when he told me what he wanted to talk about, I'm like, yes, please. That's perfect. So I'm super excited to hear from Jamie. Jamie's been on stage at Juicy a few times, and he always just brings it. And that's going to be amazing. Having Sarah Travers and Ryan Seminati talk about profitability is great. Um, I think that that's something we don't talk about enough. Um, I'm really excited to have Wayne Berger and Jason from cowork slash venture X slash office evolution talk about right for acquisition, you know, or you set up for acquisition. We're talking about KPIs. We're talking about designing for diversity. Like we have just got such a packed agenda and I'm loving seeing all the speaker cards and join me cards going up. And, you know, every time I go onto LinkedIn, it makes me happy and it's totally working because the FOMO is real. We recently had someone we'd asked to be a speaker that told us they couldn't because they were going to go to Europe, but then they took a look at the agenda and moved their <laughs> European vacation to go to Chusey. I was like, what? I love I mean, that. It's real. I know the LinkedIn seeing all the speaker cards and attendee cards and everything is crazy. I love that thrilling intersection that and to have Jamie talking about it where the co of co-working is now like we've circled back where it's not just the scaling and it's not just the brand and it's just not just the amenities. Like the thing we just keep coming back to is like you have to have these kind of core core pieces in co-working and I love that it's coming from the top of co-working people are talking about this absolutely I mean community is having its moment community is going to continue to have its moment um you know I love that in the megatrons piece that I did um this past fall you know I was quoting Brene Brown talking about when are people going to realize that the path to profitability is through community and I'm like, preach, preach totally. it. I was at a dinner last night with a bunch of 20-year-old founders, and the company that bought me there was like, we are going to build our brand through community. I was like, what? Amazing. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's epic. And, yeah, we're super excited for Juicy. And, you know, the more the merrier. Get your tickets. Yeah, I'm super stoked. I'm excited to see Chicago, do some nerdy history mm -hmm. things and all that. But um, the building community, like things have completely shifted. There's been a sea change in how businesses operate and it's no longer enough to kind of broadcast on high and then people just kind of go around and eat it up. It's like we're mm -hmm. in a place where consumers want to know who you are, what you're about, what they can expect, how they can how they can connect with like-minded people. Like that's almost an expectation now of brands and coworkings just like brilliantly positioned with the community piece as a third space, as um, a support for mental health and loneliness, as a place to amplify and grow your business like I'm so thrilled to be in co-working because it's just like, here we go, buckle up. It's just going to keep going and growing and impacting the world. Yeah, and agreed. And I've felt that way for 10 years. Like it's, it's fire and it's going to continue to be fire. 
And, you know, I think the other thing that's cool is, you know, we're, we were looking at mental health and talking about mental health seven years ago about Juicy. Our first panel on suburban co-working was in 2013. So if you want to know what's coming, you need to go to, to Juicy and we'll tell you. And I mean, I'll tell you right now some of the things that are really important when you're talking about people are looking for these things. The other things people are looking for besides, um, you know, a community space and all these things is, um, they're going to want to know is tell me about your building. Tell me about your air quality. If you can't articulate how your air quality is, then you're doing it wrong. Um, eventually people are going to want to know about the health of the building they're in because it impacts their physical health. So it's like we went from mental health is so important. And now we're like, and so is the health of the building. And so we've got to pay attention to that as well. And, you know, how's your plant game? What are you doing in terms of biophilia? Like, there's always more we can do. There's always more we can learn. And I love that the, it's actually the younger generations that are saying, you know, I'm not going to just go work wherever you want me to. I'm going to go work somewhere that's healthy and on my terms. Bravo. Yep. Bravo. I love it. Totally pushing things forward. And that's a perfect segue into you just got your forecasting certificate. Congratulations. Thank I'd, you. I'd love to hear like what's coming. You've always been mm -hmm. like it was mental health. It was it was wellness. Now, what do you see coming in three years, five years, 10 years? Like, where's this whole thing going? Well, um, so yeah, I did just get my graduate certificate in foresight, and that is the methodology to forecast the future. And we don't really look too close, right? We're really looking pretty far out. So in my final project I did was around how climate change is impacting settlement patterns. And I think the, um, the bad news there is it's going to get a lot worse right? Um, there's a massive heat belt across the U.S. And what that means is a large swath of the U.S. from Chicago all the way down to the tip of Texas is going to be routinely over 130 degrees. Mm. Um, we are going to see a lot of flooding. We're going to see a lot of coastal storms really impacting people. We're going to see tons of climate migrants. Because here's the deal, in order for us to really impact climate change, we've got to all agree from a global um, leadership perspective, and we've all got to change things. And the part of the problem is clearly we're not all getting along, and um, there doesn't seem to be a consensus on when we could all get together. And the sad part about that is what's really going to suffer is the planet. And then in addition to that, I think there's a mentality that um, the U.S. in particular has gotten to do whatever they want. And now they're like, hey, guys, we've got to we've got to stop abusing the planet. And other countries are like, well, I want my turn. So mm -hmm. so climate change is going to get worse. And, um, I thought that people would, we were all going to move to the mountains and, um, you know, be close to nature and really thriving in those kind of environments. But in fact, with over 168 million, um, climate change migrants coming at us in the next 20 to 30 years, 
the only place where we can move and house that kind of volume of people is in cities. So cities are actually going to be where it's at in like the 15 year out range. And then a lot of people are like, well, what does that look like if all these people are in all these cities? They look like very vertical cities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it makes you wonder, like, is the line, which is the development that's happening in the Middle East, is that is that absolutely brilliant or is that scary wrong? I don't know. I don't know. You know, a lot will be a lot is still to be seen. I think in the short term, you know, as far as, you know, what are we focusing on? It is, you know, really continuing to hammer into we have to address mental health. We have to build more communities and better communities and proliferate communities so that people can stop, um, you know, performing death by suicide. It's Mm -hmm. epidemic. I have two family members that tried to kill themselves in the last six months. It's not okay. And I'm not unique. That's not a unique or bold statement. It's epidemic. And, you know, we've got to sit back and say, what, what can I do? You know what I can do? I can proliferate co-working. I can do everything I can to help co-working. And that's how I choose to utilize my time. And then, you know, um, again, it's you got to start looking at your buildings. You know, I'm amazed that more people don't go look at a building and say to the broker or the owner and say, you know, tell me about the health of this building. When was this duct system put in? How old is this air conditioning unit? You know, have we ever checked for asbestos? Like, just basic questions aren't asked. And those questions need to be asked because somebody's going to come through your door. And actually in the podcast I just did with Chris Davies, I was like, you know, you're going to have to be able to say what your air quality is. And he was like, that happened today. I was like, stop it. It's already happening. And I know you're sitting in Kiln and, and I know that they pay attention to their air quality, which is unique. Mm -hmm. You know, and so those things matter. They do matter. And, um, to Kiln's credit, they were doing this when I first toured the first Kiln in Salt Lake years ago. They were talking about air quality pre-COVID, pre-all of this. They were already on it. And, yeah, I think it'll be like drip, drip, drip. And then here comes the deluge where it's just expected that that you have totally. all those numbers. And different areas yeah. of your space have different things. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel the same about co-working, like, I I worry sometimes that it sounds trite, but I really feel like we're doing world changing stuff, life changing stuff here. And in a world that feels divided, things feel fragmented, our future's a little wobbly. I feel like the most important work we can be doing is making connections, building community, living with purpose, working with purpose, Mm -hmm. just doing all the things that co-working so beautifully encompasses. Liz, Agreed. Um, what do you want to add before we jump off? What have we stepped Ooh. over? I, you know, I think the only thing that I would add is like, if you're one of those co-working spaces that is kind of at a crossroads and you don't know what to do, check out Kat Johnson because this girl is known as a marketing person and co-working for a reason. She's really great at it. And I know you do a fantastic job of building community And, um, I'm so glad that you're in ours because it takes, uh, 
takes a whole village and, you know, each one of us can contribute in our own way. Thank you, Liz. I thought you were going to say you should go to Juicy, which you for sure should do. And I'll see you there. And Liz will see you there. And you'll meet all the amazing people in co-working. So many friends. Um, Liz, what's the best place for people to connect with you if they want to learn more and get their Juicy tickets? Yeah, probably um, on LinkedIn. I'm just Liz Elam, which is E-L-A-M, or male spelled backwards. And also you can get your tickets at najuicy.co, which is G-C-U-C, Goat, Cat, Unicorn, Cat. Um, Goat, Cat, Unicorn, Cat. Unicorn cat and male backwards. How have I never heard male backwards in all these years? I know. I know. It's such a good one. And then you'll never forget it. You'll always know it's ELAM. It's hilarious. Well, Liz, I love the work you're doing. I treasure your friendship and your awesomeness. You're just co-working would not be the same without you. So thank you for all your work and all your awesomeness. Thank you. I'm looking forward to giving you a giant hug very soon. Same. Thanks for listening to Coworking Out Loud. To learn more about upcoming events, the next Coworking Convo, the Lab, which is our workspace marketing club for indie operators, check out the blog, hear more podcast episodes, all the things. Just go to catjohnson.co. See you next time.